It's TED Talks Daily. I'm Elise Hume. With its population of 1.4 billion people, China leads the world in current greenhouse gas emissions. It's also pledged to be carbon neutral by the year 2060. How will it get there? With people like Chinese environmentalist Ma Jun. In his talk recorded for Ted Monterey in 2021, Ma shows us a strategic and inspiring way he's motivated major Chinese industries to report and reduce their emissions. Choking smog, polluted waters, climate change. This has been the environmental cost of the tremendous growth in China over the past 40 years. At the same time, hundreds of millions of people have put themselves out of poverty. As an environmentalist in China, I have witnessed all of this firsthand. The challenge we're facing is, can we clean up as fast and as broadly as the massive development degrading our air, water, and climate? China has 1.4 billion people, a still fast-growing economy, and is responsible for the biggest share of the current greenhouse gas emission. China knows its global responsibility and has pledged to be carbon neutral by 2060. It means more than 10 billion metric tons of carbon emission must be stopped or be neutralized. How can we possibly do it? The pressing global climate situation requires each of us not just to do it, but to do it faster. I believe there's a chance for us to succeed, as I know a tool that I've seen work to help reduce the enormous environmental pollution. It is the power of transparency. Pollution information made public using mobile internet and other IT technologies. Then empowers millions of citizens to speed change by holding corporations and government agencies accountable. I personally got involved in the transparency drive for water pollution control. Years ago, Beside Lake Tai, the third largest freshwater lake in China, I saw a group of fishermen using long ladles to scoop out the algae bloom. One fisherman said to me, when I was young, on a hot day like this, I would jump into the lake for a bath. But now, he said, the fish are gone and were paid to scoop out the algae. Pointing to those factories not far from the shoreline, he said the lake would not be clean until they stopped dumping. Years of research made me understand how hard it is to check the dumping. With weak enforcement, the cost of violations were often too low, and those who cut corners became more competitive in the market. This region happens to be one of the biggest centers of the global supply chain for electronic gadgets and for clothes. But those multinational brands sourcing locally were not very helpful at the beginning. Many would argue, in China, I don't know who are polluting, so I would buy from the cheapest. This going to add further pressure on those local suppliers to race down to the bottom for their contracts. But I told them I have a map that can help them figure out who is polluting. From 2006, we began to compile corporate monitoring data into a database known now as the Blue Map. We started with only 2,000 records of violations, but through years of promotion of enforcement and transparency, that number have topped 2 million. The missing dots in the global supply chain's environmental management began to be connected 
when a group of IT and textile brands started comparing their list of suppliers with our list of violators. Let me explain how it works. Each individual factory, and there are tens of thousands of them, is color-coded. The color codes are derived from the violations on records and the confirmed public reporting. And we have put more than four million of such dots on the digital map, all color-coded. Still, how can a map make change? One of the largest diehouse suppliers used to have multiple violation records, but insisted if they treat the waste but not their neighbors, they would lose their business. But then five brands started from Gap. All told this company it would lose their businesses if it would not treat the waste properly. Realizing that the sourcing code has changed, the company spent millions of dollars to bring more than 12 million metric tons of textile wastewater, contaminated by dyes and chemicals, up to standards, and then made further investment to cut the volume of wastewater. We did the same thing, along with our local partners, such as Green Jiangnan, with the electronic industry suppliers that manufactured parts for Apple, Dell, Huawei, and other major brands. Victories like this build upon each other to enable the supply chain management to reach further upstream through the supply chain. From garment factories to the fabric mills to the dye houses to the dye staff manufacturers. Today, the color code can mean the difference between a company that secures the loan from a major bank like the Postal Bank of China, and that does not. The application of the blue map data in green supply chain and green finance have motivated more than 14,000 companies to address their violations or make disclosure. The scope of environmental transparency got further extended in China during its epic fighting against the severe smog, which used to expose hundreds of millions of people to health hazards. In response to the public demand for disclosure, corporate online monitoring data were made open every hour or every two hours. The first of its kind in the world. At the same time, people were acquiring cell phones across China. So we developed a cell phone app to enable people to access the air and water quality data. But the most unique function of the Blue Map app is for our users to access the records of emitters, then share that through social media, tagging the official account. Such kind of a micro-reporting have motivated some of the largest emitters to change behavior. Despite all the successes, I have to acknowledge our mission is far from being accomplished. There are still more than two million records of violations in the Blue Map. Today, we face massive tension between environmental protection and economic recovery. Brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic, as well as the looming climate catastrophe, there's a strong temptation in local regions and cities to relax environmental regulation, which has resulted already in a rather big rebound of the carbon emission. So China's 2060 carbon neutrality pledge came at a critical moment. But the implementation of it wouldn't be easy.
Remember the steel plants that already spent $1 billion to clean up. Now the new task is for us to review with it how to tackle the 10 million metric tons of carbon emission. And this is just 0.1% of the carbon emission that we need to stop or neutralize in China. Again, we must tap into the power of transparency. My team and I have launched a blue map for zero carbon, a database that means to bring China's long-term national commitment down to where the 10 billion tons of carbon are actually emitted. To generate peer pressure and incentives, we're working with our partner, Chinese Academy of Environmental Science, in assessing the local climate ambition, performance, and carbon decoupling trends of major provinces, cities, and energy and raw material companies. One clear gap we identified is the lack of capacity in measuring and reporting. Along with other partners, we developed a digital carbon accounting platform. So far, more than 5,000 companies have been motivated by brands and banks to calculate and report their carbon emission or local emissions. But my dream is to empower millions of more business to measure and to report and to reduce their emission. Bear in mind, many of them are part of this global supply chain. If you know the products you consume day in and day out often have 70% or more, and sometimes up to 90% of their carbon footprint in the supply chain, would you join our efforts in motivating the big brands and banks and investors to green their global sourcing and investment? And it's not just carbon. Today, we further expand the Blue Map to cover waste and plastics and even biodiversity so as to empower more people to join this unprecedented global race to zero. The price for winning this ongoing race is nothing less than a better world for this generation and for the generations to come, for mankind and for all the plants and animals that call this planet their home. Thank you. TED Talks Daily is hosted by me, Elise Hugh, and produced by TED. Theme music is from Allison Layton Brown, and our mixer is Christopher Fazy Bogan. We record the talks at TED events we host or from TEDx events, which are organized independently by volunteers all over the world. And we'd love to hear from you. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or email us at podcasts at TED.com.